This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Hear more from Free FM. For a small monthly fee, you can become a patron and support independent community media. Go to patreon.com slash freefm89 to find out how. Welcome to The Bridge Zone. You're at the table with Barry and Mariana. Show 101. We have had our first bridge tournament back face-to-face bridge and it was great. It was exciting, wasn't it? And just to be back talking to everybody, I think everybody had a great time. On the show today, we have a little segment from our guest speaker from last week, Mr. Zia. We're going to catch up with Judge Julie and we've got some info sent to the Bridge Zone via our email address. Show at gmail.com. What's the first email? This one is from our friend Bradley. And he had an interesting and humorous story from the social distancing teams, which has been played online just at the moment. And he is saying that he um, had two absolute disasters on the same board. <laughs> really? He, apparently he misclicked on his trick to return when he was defending, then later didn't take the setting trick as a rough when he had a chance to take a rough and he let this contract make. That would bum him out, I bet. More than that. He said he was virtually on the verge of tears for having let down his team on this match. He was really beating himself up about having such a blackout in a nominally important match. Yeah, yeah. But after the match was played, he noticed they'd won 11 imps on that board. Oh my he says that's the advantage of having good teammates worth their weight in gold. Sometimes they look after you. Maybe we should send young Bradley a hanky. Yeah, or a box of tissues. <laughs> yeah, but at least he got a good result out of it. Okay, so let's go for Spa Town teams. I thoroughly enjoyed the tournament. You got some results for me? There were 32 teams turned up, so that was great for the first tournament back. The winners were Hometown Victory. Blair and Liz Fisher and Rose Don and Michael Courtney came out on top. They just managed to sneak past the Lou team in the last round. Bit unlucky okay. for them. They had led for rounds two, three, four and five. Uh-huh. Just got nutted in the last round. Yep. Congratulations to the Waitomo Club. They sent in two teams with two intermediate players, junior and novice, and some just above novice. And they did very good. I bet you they would have learnt Heaps going into that tournament. I mean, it's a pretty tough tournament. So we'd like a big shout out to Waitomo Club. If you've got our email, please send in your thoughts on how the tournament went for you. And, and I teammates. really want to say well done to the Cumpstone team and the Anderson team. They're the two Waitomo teams. And the Anderson team actually would have picked up a fraction of an A point because they had a win or two. Really? Yep. They nice. Would have so well done to them. Okay, let's get on with the show. And here is our man, Zia. Zia, this is a side question. A friend of mine over here is a very good player. He always thinks that if you if you psych or you do something a little bit crazy, you should get it out there. You should tell as many people as possible so that even if you don't tend to do that sort of thing very often, it's a good reputation to have. Would you agree with that? Well, I do agree that people have always thought that I'm up to much more mischief <laughs> in the bridge table than I actually am. <laughs> and I do like to tell people I'm very lucky that they don't feel bad if they lose to me and I like to kind of put pressure on the opponent but actually I would say I'm less active than my reputation I've heard I that, do yeah. things, 
And I like to like slow play hands and I like to wait until I hear the bidding and suddenly come in with a bid and it sounds like I'm completely crazy, but actually I'm trying to get information. I mean, many years ago, I had an enormous hand with like five spades, five hearts and a singleton and a doubleton this with like ace jack to five spades and I think king jack to five hearts and ace in one of the side suits. And they opened the club and my partner bid a heart and the next guy bid a spade. So I passed. I mean, I had a monster hand. Yes. Now they, they supported spades. Yes. And by the time they'd come to support spades, I found out my partner had a single to spades. I bid Blackwood and bid six hearts and we, we, you know, we made slams, which they didn't bid in the other room. And I think I won a prize for making a bid. Now, I've never heard of a bridge prize for bidding where only one person wins it. And your poor partner, who was part when he started the auction, didn't win the prize as well. And they said, oh, this is brilliant. It wasn't brilliant. I'm just having my own enjoyment out of the bridge hand. So, you <laughs> so your poor partner only overcalled one hat. So he got, he got no credit for his one hat overcall. He obviously. got no credit. And he kept saying, you've got a cup. I want to share it. I said, no, you only bid a heart. Anybody would bid a heart. <laughs> I bid Blackwood. Blackwood is obviously the great... Sometimes they give you prizes for no good reason, but you have to accept them. It's rude. Oh, I have to tell you a quick story about the chess player and the bridge player who met on the airplane. Someone told me this the other day before I forget it. The number one chess player in the world met the number one bridge player. And we all know that chess players are very pure in their thinking, and bridge players are more practical. So the chess player said, look, I'm the number one chess player in the world, and I'm going to give you a chance to make some money. I'll ask you a question, and if you can't answer it, you give me $5 or £5, pounds, whatever. And you can ask me a question, but if I don't know it, I'll give you £50 pounds or $50. So he said, that sounds fair. The chess player said to the bridge player, well, how far is the moon from the sun? The bridge player shook his head, took out his $5 and gave it to him. So the chess player said, now you ask me a problem. So the bridge player said, well, what animal climbs up the mountain on three legs and comes down on four? So the chess person shook his head, scratched his head, turned around and gave him $50. And he said, well, what animal does? And the bridge player took out $5 from his pocket and gave him $5. <laughs> so the bridge players know the tricks around the trade and the chess players are too pure. The world is about knowing how to get around people and how to get the shortcuts in life sometimes. So I would say that's the difference between a bridge and chess. Chess is the most perfect game but it's for pure people. Bridge is a game that you need to have a mixture of logic and skill and the way to look around the problem in a lateral manner. So I would say that's the definition of bridge. <laughs> By the way, I have to tell you, be ready. My Bridge My Way Part 2 is coming out. This oh, month. wow. Nice. So when, get ready. You might be my agents in New Zealand. When will that be out? I'm definitely getting a copy of that. I've already got like a chapter and a half left, so it's close. The idea was to have it ready by the World Championship. We'll see. I think it'll be ready, hopefully, in a couple of months at most. That'll be great. Nice. Pity you couldn't have had it yeah. done while lockdown was on, Zia. People were locked up. They would well, have I to can, go. but you can't sell it. I could have it. Of I course. Of course. Yeah. You can't yeah. dispatch it anywhere. So. <laughs> I was glad that you didn't say that you're going to have it ready for, for next year when the world champs are, are back on because that's too long for the man to wait. That's <laughs> too long. It's a bit like the last one, slightly more bridge, but a lot of stories in it and a lot of interesting kind of stuff. It's more to entertain people than to educate them. Those are the books I like. Sometimes I'm thinking, I'm a past being educated seer. I just want to be entertained. That would be good. We could definitely be your agents for that. We don't know what that involves, but 
If you want us well, to we, sling we a couple of books for you, we can certainly do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah you've, got, you've got a wonderful audience, so you can just advertise it and we, we work out a deal. That, that's a good idea. <laughs> that would be, yeah. be great. We don't need yeah. to work out any deal. If we just had one or two books signed by you, we'll be happy with that. <laughs> no, we'll do something, don't worry. I'm disappointed, Zia. I actually, for the first time, I was in the New Zealand mixed team due to go to Italy, and I was thinking, oh, I might get a chance to meet Zia, but uh, it won't be happening, so I'm a bit sad about that. That's going to be in South of the Jory. I think it's, they're still intending to hold it in Italy, but I don't know the date, that's what I think. The last I heard, I think they probably weren't going to hold it. I know that New Zealand and Australia both Financially, it's going to be would be really difficult for them to have two world championships in the same year to send players to. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. And, and of course, their funds have dried up a bit over the last few months with no bridge on either. So, yeah, yeah, I'm not surprised. <laughs> so mm. things are a bit grim, but anyway. So yeah, my wife and I were in the mixed team, so I thought it would be great to get there. I was really looking forward to it because Sam Punch would have been there, who I've never actually met, although I've spoken to her on the radio. You would have been there. I thought, oh, yeah. this is going to be a lot of fun. No, but, no, we'd have gone out and have a drink together if not. To- dinner as well. That would have been great. Don't bring your wife because I'm still able to make passes with people. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Zero, I heard a good joke that you would like about marriage. It was a, a guy a guy who said that, he said, I've had no luck at all with marriage, he told me. So no luck at all with marriage. He said, my first wife left me and the second one didn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's, that's about how it is. I always ask people who've been married once. And they say, well, I'm getting married again. I say, well, you know, I'm surprised you didn't learn. Marriage is a wonderful thing, especially when you have kids or when you have the person who you enjoy the company with and you can be a friend with all your life. But it's very rare that you find those combinations. And children are the greatest asset of, of marriage. But to find the perfect partner is very difficult. And anybody who does is very lucky. Well, how are your children? One is 18. And one is 16, and so they're doing very well. One is about to go to university and waiting for it to open. The other one's at school now studying from home, but he's with his mother at the moment in Scotland. where they. And my other son is sitting in the background playing on one of these Xboxes or something, enjoying himself. I'm sure everybody who asked you this, Zia, are any of them likely to take up bridge, do you think? Well, actually, the elder one, he played a little bit of bridge. Then we came, when he finished school, I took him on a holiday with us to Vegas two years ago where we had the American Nationals. And he played a little bit of bridge with, you know, Boyer Brooklyn. you know Boyer Brooklyn. Yes, yes, yes. His son, who's about two years younger than my son, and they played a couple of the junior tournaments, and I think they won three or four of them. So we don't know. He's not a bridge player, but he just got lucky, you know. So. <laughs> and I said, now are you going to do more? He said, oh, I've had enough of bridge for a while, so let's see. I think when you're 18, you should go out and enjoy your life and adventure and travel and meet people and bridge you should come back to it in the later part. As long as you know the game, it's a great thing to joy to return to. That does seem to happen, doesn't yes, it? it? People does, that play yeah. in their younger years and yeah. give the game up yeah. often come back to it. So let's hope he does. Yeah, yeah. I would hate him to be a full time bridge player at a young age, but I would love him to have bridge in his life because it's a great exercise and it's a great social game and it's a great pastime. He worked for about three months in the bridge club in London and actually did quite well and enjoyed it. So there you are. We may have another Mahmoud later on playing in the, in no, the no, game. No, 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 we don't want another Mahmoud. Good, it's on the ski slopes, he's better. <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's he like at golf, though, Zia? Could he beat Cornell? No, he, his brother is the good at golf. He's not so good. He's more into 
He's not so good at golf as David. But anyway, <laughs> better than Mike Cornell. Mike Cornell is terrible. Uh, I'm just joking. He's a very good friend of mine. And he used to run a racing syndicate with us many years ago, and he was very successful. Yes, he was. With, Indeed, with he was. Wright. You remember Lionel Wright? Yes, I do. Lionel Wright, he was a real character as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, was, he ate nothing but French fries. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. That's He's tr- a chippy man. <laughs> <laughs> That's why there were a lot of bridge players involved in that racing syndicate of Mike Cornell's, if I remember rightly. Oh, yes, there were. And all the, he used to be the manager of the bridge club in London, and all of the kind of club would chip in. And I think for about 15 seasons, I would say about 10 seasons, they, they made a profit at least, or maybe more than that. So they were very successful. <laughs> and they kept having to change their names because they were doing so well, they'd be banned or something. Oh dear. But Mike Cornell is also a good investor. Sure he is. Okay, oh well, I'll certainly meet you to him when I see him. I'm sure he'll uh, he'll be looking forward to the next game of golf with you at least, Zia. Well, the worst night I had in New Zealand was many years ago. I was in New Zealand and we were staying at one of these hotels playing a bridge tournament. And I met a very attractive air hostess from Pan Am or somewhere. And we went to the discotheque, but the queue was miles long. So I went to the front and I said, excuse me, but I'm on my honeymoon. Would you let us in? Absolutely, sir. Absolutely. They put us in and we went to the discotheque. And then they announced over the tannoy this person's on his honeymoon. And everybody in New Zealand came and bought me a glass of beer. But I hate beer. I only drink wine. And, they me, and I started getting so sick. I said, I'll never say I'm on a honeymoon again unless it's <laughs> Well, serves you right. That is a great story. Serves you right, there. That was a trick to get in. Yeah, you had it in. you'll be right. And Kiwis would buy beer. Very generous, very warm people, very popular. Oh, funny. I, mean, I actually, I find that with Australians as well. But anyway, New Zealand has got a very special characteristic. <laughs> I think the other thing is, I think you'd have no more luck in Australia because they probably drink as much beer as we do. You're right. They're big of you. They drink more, in fact, Australians and Norwegians and a few of the Danish as well Scandinavians they're not drunk they feel like they've done something wrong (laughs) (laughs) I I play a tournament in Iceland many times in Iceland from Friday night to Sunday night is alcoholic heaven I mean I don't drink that much but everybody in Iceland just waits Friday night to come and they start drinking and they don't stop until Sunday night. <laughs> but they play very good bridge there as well. But didn't they win a world championship a few years ago? The yeah, they won a world championship in fact. What happened, I was actually at the tournament, it was in Yokohama in Japan and I, because I was friendly with them, the coach came to me before the final and said, can you give a team talk? And I said, no problem and I went to talk to them and I said, look, all I can tell you is one thing, which is something I think it's very important to people who are approaching a final of a tournament. A lot of the time when you come to the final, you, your euphoria of having got there is so great. You feel, I'm just longing to get home and tell everybody I got to the final. But the hardest thing in the world is to focus and make yourself think, this is the only match that matters. The whole tournament means nothing. This is the match. And to kind of isolate the past and think only of the final is a very difficult thing, especially the first one or two times you ever do it. So it's, it's a lesson. And they, they did really well, and they won the tournament. I'm not saying it was because of my lesson, but it was remarkable. And considering there are only three or 400,000 people who live in the whole of Iceland for their bridge team to win the World Championship, 
was great, great on It's a very popular sport there, but it was actually a very popular win. It was. It was amazing mm. when they won. Yeah, that's a great tip, though. Zia. I'm sure that's right. Even for just your average bridge player, when they make the final of an event, they preps. I don't know whether you'd say they lose focus or they just they say lose focus they, because they were already so happy to get yes. another lesson. I don't give lessons, but I had to give a lecture about a year or two ago to about twenty or thirty Danish juniors who were like from fifteen to twenty-five. The guy called Morton Bildi, who's a very nice guy, the father of Dennis, he said, can you come and talk to them? And I said, yes. So I said, look, the lesson I'll give you is to remember the four Fs. They said, what are the four Fs? I said, the first about bridge, the first F is have fun. If you're not having fun, don't play the game. Because it's not a game to be sitting there with anger and passion without the amusement and the fun. So that's the greatest F. The second F is to try and focus as deeply and as much as you can because bridge is a game where you can't afford to lose focus for even a second and the third is to forget you have to forget all what's happened before whether it's good or bad otherwise you lose the ability to concentrate on what's in front of you now so forget and the last step i said the last step is when everything else fails and you can't work out anything else go outside open the door and shout out the biggest F word you can into the skies and then come back and do much better. <laughs> so there were the four Fs. I was worried about at least one of those Fs when you started that story, but that's, that's, that's wonderful. Yeah. Well, I, I, I avoided using the words. <laughs> your, your, your audience will forgive me. I'm, look, I'm sure they'll, they'll forgive you anything. Uh, even if you said it, yeah, I don't think they would have minded. <laughs> The radio broadcasting standards might have, but I'm sure Barry and I and our listeners wouldn't have. <laughs> we can get away with quite a lot on air in New Zealand these days, Azir. Yeah. Another good time, and really good luck to all of you, and I'm very impressed how well you guys do. You've got a huge audience. But thank you so much okay, for your time. Hey, and hopefully one day, Zir, I might make it to a world championship when you're there. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to meet you. just come up to me. And order a glass of champagne and say he's playing. That's it. <laughs> I will remember that. I'll definitely do it. Thank you, Zia. Oh, okay. thank make you. sure it's not the best. Make sure it's not, not Dom Perignon. <laughs> It'll be wasted no, on no, me. I'm just order anything you like. Nice to talk to you guys. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks again. That was brilliant. Okay. okay. Bye Take care. Bye. have lucky caller number two with us today. So who are you and how can we help? Hi, my name's William and I've got a question about whether week two or multi two diamond or multi two club and which one is better? That's a good question, William. Well, there's three options there. I've played all of them. I think that for most of our listeners, I actually think week twos have a lot of advantages over a multi two. Generally, people... They worry and panic about playing against the multi-two. But week twos have the main advantages. You get your suit in there straight away and the opponents don't get a second chance to bid. Otherwise, over two diamonds, you know that it's not going to get passed out. You can pass it around, see what's going to happen and have a second bite of the cherry, if you like, William. So the week twos 
I think have actually got an advantage. I do play a multi myself. That means you can use the two spades or the two hearts for something else. That's what I reckon. Week two's are the go. Okay, thank you. Thanks, William. That's a good question. And I'm sure a lot of listeners, they do panic. Oh, what do I do against the multi? A week twos are just as good, if not better. You said about a multi-two club and a multi-two diamond, William. If you were going to play a multi, which one would you recommend? Um, I guess I would prefer the multi-two diamond just because opening your strong hands as two diamonds makes life a bit awkward, which is what you've got to do. If you haven't got two clubs available to show a big hand, and I have played that, and it is quite playable, but it means when you open a strong hand, it's bad enough opening two clubs and taking up a whole level before you even start saying what you've got. But when you bid two diamonds, you're just even a little bit more space taken up for your good hands. Mm. Yeah, I think two diamonds multi is slightly better than two clubs. Gives you one more bid, if you like. Yeah. Mm. Mm. William, we played a lot of hands on the weekend on Saturday at Hamilton, which was the Spa Town teams. And so there was a lot of boards played. I'm interested, Barry, how often did you open two diamonds? I can't remember that. Well, not, it must not, have been close to zero or one. Yeah, I, I, don't re- I don't recall opening two. I think there might have been one. One? Yeah. Out or, of all those boards? Yeah, so it doesn't come up as often as people think. No. There were a few two-heart and two-spade openers. Hey, well, thank you for calling in, William. Yep. Very good question. Really appreciate your call, William. Don't hesitate to call in again. There's yep. no limit on the number of times you can come on this segment. Okay, I'll try and think up a more nasty one for you next time. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks, William. William. Thank okay. you. Bye for now. Bye. Director, please. How can I help? Judge Julie presiding. Question one. Most New Zealand clubs, most players probably play ACOL or SAYC. If somebody's playing Precision... Are they at an advantage to the rest of the room, and in what way? Well, no, they're not. They, they might have a, an advantage in that people panic. The system itself has no advantage. Nearly all systems end up with things of being swings and roundabouts about what works and what doesn't work. And sometimes you get a good result because people are just scared or they, they've just bamboozled. We don't play systems to scare and bamboozle people. We we play them because it facilitates our own bidding. One of the interesting things I could ask yesterday, the opponents opened one no trump, and it went pass, pass, and I got told that the rule is that you need 16 plus points to make the double. And I said, that's not a rule. We can bid what we like, except we have regulations. We don't have rules. But we do have regulations that limit what we can play. So most bids are in the natural zone and people can understand what's going on. So we can't open with five counts. But we can have variations that we agree. And we agree them because it works for us. And because bridge is a game of no secrets, we have to tell our opponents what we are playing so that they can expect what will happen next. And most people, once they start to play things like precision or more complex systems, will be more than happy to tell you about what the best defence might be to the bidding. Or, in my case, I normally just say people just to trust their partner, bid naturally, and not worry about what the opponents are doing if you really don't understand what's going on. I guess what they were saying is that maybe they'll get 
good result just because most people won't be familiar with this other system, but they... Oh, no, not really. The thing is that when you open playing Akhol or Standard American or those natural-based systems, you tell your partner, hey, this is how many points I've got, and hey, this is the suit that I have, so I can start telling you about my hand shape, which is also really important in our bidding. When we play an artificial system like Precision, where our opening bid like one club says, hey, this is how many points I've got, well, that's fine. Partner knows we've got 16 plus, but partner doesn't know what suits we've got. And they are very prone to suffering a lot if we start interfering with their auction because they just don't have good information at the start. And all their other bids, mm. you can treat as natural and just bid normally. We tend to make them, you know, like a real problem when, in all fairness, it's not us that has the problem with these systems. It's our opponents who are playing them that will have the problem with these systems. So sometimes you might, they might even have three bids and they still haven't bid a suit that they've got yet. Yeah, we open two clubs and our partner bids two diamonds. I mean, we're way high and we don't know what's going except point count. And point count doesn't help us a lot of the time. Hand shape does. We have to do that with, with our strong hands if we're playing Akhol or Standard American. But fortunately, those strong hands just don't come up very often. That's true. It's unfortunate. The world would be a better place if I got 20 points every year. <laughs> I'm not convinced about that. So in general, your opponents are playing something because it helps them, not because they want to make life difficult for you, not because they get good boards of people that don't understand. Because as soon as people start understanding what's going on, they will start getting very bad results. And if you know there's someone at your club that plays an unusual system, and you want to know what to do, ask some of the players or the people that play it, what should you do? And they, they'll let you know. We're wonderful that way. <laughs> yeah, it is true, though, that people do sort of sometimes at the club they play some homegrown system that, hey, it might not even be legal, but <laughs> um, it often isn't that successful. You don't see those people winning every week. No, and, and we have some where people just have huge misunderstandings. I think one of the more common ones I've come across is that one club promises a major. And it got that bad that I think somebody was playing one club promised a six-card major. <laughs> and the problem with that was that all of a sudden you couldn't one club to show clubs. I mean, uh, that, what did you do? And people hadn't thought it through. So bidding systems are really well designed and they take a bit of figuring out because whenever you change the meaning of something that you play you change other things and you don't always realize what difficulty you're creating for yourself but people so people just get the wrong idea sometimes and do strange things true of a lot of bridge players even mariana <laughs> oh look sorry it's good that you two are talking because i'm just doing some research julie so that was awesome. <laughs> I'll have to listen to it on the show. <laughs> she, wasn't even listening. What, she wasn't even listening to us, Julie. Would you believe that? Come yeah, well, I thought easy. Mariana might sort of have something to ask. I don't know. I would, but sorry, Julie, like I said, I was completing the research that we're doing for the next segment. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> 
Hey, but you have a fantastic day. I will. So you too. <laughs> Thank you. See you later. Bye. Thanks, Julie. Bye. 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 That was a pretty good week for this week on the Bridge Zone. We're going to end the show with the results from the Wellington teams. Yeah, so that was the main event, if you like, and that it was a 10A. They had 18 teams, pretty good quality teams there. The winning team was Nick Jacob and Go Tislevol, Martin Reed and Peter Newell. And they managed to hang on by about five VPs from the Kearney team. The exciting news is we've got another big name coming on the show soon, Mariana. Yep, these international stars are starting to line up for us. Have a fantastic week, people. We'll catch you next week. This program is sponsored by New Zealand Bridge, sponsors of Grassroots Bridge across the nation. Thanks for listening to this Free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support Free FM via Patreon. Head to patreon.com/freefm89 to find out more.